warm Sunday morning welcome to you. You're listening to the Sunday edition of St. Mark Lutheran Church's podcast, Gluten and GMO-Free Since 1517. We are excited that you have joined us today to listen and consider the Word of God from wherever you are listening. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. Our modest little podcast is published four times weekly. Three times during the week we feature a short devotional, and on Sundays we replay a Sunday sermon from our church, just like the one you're about to hear. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, may I suggest you take a peek at our website, www.stmarksbemidji.org. You may also want to subscribe to our YouTube channel for our video podcasts, or friend us on our Facebook page. If you have any trouble finding us, Just look at the show notes in this podcast for the links. We base our confession on the Word. Yesterday marked the anniversary of the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. The document was presented as a clear testament of what the Lutherans believed and taught, far more so than the 95 Theses. This document was, and is, the defining statement of what we confess. It was written by Philip Melanchthon, and it was presented to the laity, to the emperor, and to the princes of the Catholic Church. The document shows that Lutherans have not departed from the one true faith, but rather confess what Scripture says in truth and purity. Our sermon for today is titled, Listen When God Defines Himself, and is based upon Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not to return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. We now join Pastor Zamzow for the sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, fellow believers, our Savior and our Lord, who shows us mercy beyond comprehension, amen. You know your dog knows more about being a human being than you, a human being, knows about being God. Or another one, I remember I asked my dad one time when I was a little kid, hey, dad, can you imagine what it's like to be God? And he looked up at me, or he looked down at me and said, can you, can you imagine what an ant thinks when it sees a person? 
Can you imagine what an ant thinks when it sees a person? It's, it's incomprehensible. That ant knows more about what it means to be a human being than a human being knows what it means to be God. Therefore, since we really have no idea what it is to be God, it is imperative. It is imperative that we listen when God defines Himself. Because we live in a world that, I'm sure you've probably heard it, I believe in a higher power. I think that there's something greater than us. And then usually what happens? That person will say then, well, I think that God would dot, 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 fill in the blank. Minute, if he is a higher power, if he is so much greater, then what business do you have trying to define him? What business does any human being have to even try to put a finger on God and who he is? Listen to what he says through his prophet Isaiah as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. Maybe you remember back to Sunday school or to a catechism class and these words were used to describe or to define the greatness of God and to ponder how He is not bound by human pleasures or whims or temptations. But He, God the Father, the Creator of the universe, is all-powerful. He's almighty. He's everywhere all at once, both in, at, at once in the past right here now in the present, and He's even in the future already? Incredible. But, just some food for thought this morning, couldn't you hypothetically arrive at that understanding without the Bible? Couldn't you come to some kind of similar conclusion? That if there is a God and He is greater than me, then He must have those attributes. The, the pagans did it. The Greeks had Zeus. The chief deity in the ancient Egyptian pantheon was called Amun. The name literally means the unknowable one. Meaning he's so great you can't, you can't possibly grasp him. Like, like I said, I used the analogy before of a dog understanding what it is to be human. Now, people can arrive at a pretty grandiose description of the divine even without the Bible simply by looking at nature and its complexity and its wonder. And as we do so, understanding in the core of our being from the moment that we're conceived that there is something greater than us, and if there is something greater than us, then that means that we are responsible to it. If there is something greater than us, then we are responsible to it, and that in and of itself is kind of a scary thought. Martin Luther once said, speaking to Christians, that if we actually took to heart 
and believed the first line of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker Maker of heaven and earth, that it should scare the life out of us. I believe in God the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. Because if I am responsible to Him, if I am responsible to Him, then how have we measured up? How have we managed the blessings that God Almighty has given us? How have we been caretakers and stewards of the blessings and the possessions He's given us? How have we managed our time? How have we been in our roles as that we are responsible to others for? As parents, as spouses, as friends? For if God is higher than the heavens are above the earth, if His ways are not our ways, and if His thoughts are not our thoughts, then we can pretty well clearly see that we are by nature estranged and that we are wicked and that we are selfish and that we are lazy and that we are greedy and we act as though that we are not. Even though we can look out at nature and say, wow, there's got to be something greater than me, even though as Christians we have God's Word right in front of us, how often that, that, that defines who God clearly is, how often don't we act as though we are responsible to no one and nothing other than ourselves and our own desires. And then we realize that as judgment, should He press it, should by rights fall hard on us. He defines Himself as saying, I am holy. Therefore, be holy. That's fair, isn't it? So what should we do then? Should we try harder, do better, be more charitable, be more virtuous, kind, and loving? Is enough ever enough? And the world would say that doing so would make sense. It would have us define enough as, well, I haven't killed anybody or raped anybody or stolen some exorbitant amount of money. I should be good. But again, even the pagan or the unbeliever in the world could figure that out on his or her own. That's essentially what the pagan prophets of Baal did back in the time of Isaiah. And that's what the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages did during the time of Martin Luther in the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. You can buy your way to heaven. Buy your indulgence, go and light your prayer candles, kiss every step on the way into the church. And then and only then will God love you. Just totally throw yourself down. Empty yourself out. Is that what God demands of us? I mean, that makes sense if you think about it, doesn't it? If God is so much greater, then that's what we should do, right? We should try to work our way into His graces. But God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. This is not how God defines Himself. He does not simply want to be the big, angry ogre in the sky. This is not how God would leave us trembling at His presence Wondering if I have sinned and we have how to make amends. Now whether then or now, thinking or 
acting that way. As Paul said in the epistle to the Romans, he said that's like bringing Christ down. It assumes that the divine Creator who called all things into being simply with His voice wants what we want and thinks how we think and is bent on how we, uh, we process information, but He is not. And we, when we do so, we put our ways into Him. We put our thoughts into His head. We believe that we can determine, we can define God. And so then, if one can determine that there is a God and look out at nature without the Bible and see that there is uh, an all-powerful being and knowing that He is the one true and, and, and all-knowing and that if He is truly the one and only higher power and that we need then to let Him speak for Himself when He tells you and I that He Himself is speaking. To let Him tell us what His thoughts are. If He is truly divine, if He is truly the higher power, then we cannot define Him. He needs to define Himself. And if He does not, then we are lost. But He has. God has defined Himself. He's drawn the lines clearly around who He is and who He wants us and how He wants us to call Him and how He wants us to address Him. And in these few verses from Isaiah, God Almighty does just that in a very interesting and unique way. He shows us that His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. And He does not just want us to think that He is bigger and greater and better than all of us. But no, the Lord defines Himself here in a unique way that defies all the ways of this world. Listen right before that section that we focus in on. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Listen right before that. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and He will have mercy on them and to our God for He will freely pardon. He will have mercy and He will freely pardon the wicked and the unrighteous, the selfish, and the lazy, and the greedy, the adulterer, and the murderer, He will freely pardon? How? His thoughts are not our thoughts. And His ways are not our ways. And higher than the heavens are above the earth. This is our God. He chose and chooses to call the guilty innocent and the innocent guilty. Our God chooses to punish the Holy One for the multitude of wicked. And beyond all human logic, sense, and reason that this world could ever muster, He demands nothing from you and me. Because no sacrifice could ever amount. No level of devotion or adoration would ever be enough to match His definition of perfection. So then we could not have contrived of this. The world could not have come up with this on its own. It can look out and say, yep, there's a God out there. But when that God speaks and speaks His Word, we need to listen and let God define Himself because in so doing, God gives us the solution. 
proclaims it to us. He defines Himself as a God of free and faithful grace. And this is revealed to us in His Word. This Word that the prophet Isaiah had. The Word that St. Paul writes about this morning when he says, the Word is near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. That's it. How can that be? You think about the, 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 the complexities that just saying that brings along with it. That that is it. That the axe murderer, convicted axe murderer, who cries out in their last moment for salvation to God, will be with you in heaven. The suicide that cries out in their last moment to God will be in heaven. And we say, not fair. How could they get away with those egregious sins and then be welcomed into God's graces? And God says there is only one price paid for all of it. Not about our way of trying to rank sin. His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. When God says that the innocent is guilty and the guilty is innocent, this is about the blood of Christ. The holy and eternal Son of God. This is who God is. This is who He shows Himself to be. This is the staunch proclamation of God's Word, the Scriptures, and therefore it is the staunch and has been for 500 years, as God says through at the end of this, my word goes out from my mouth and it will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. And has it not? Here we are some 500 years later still confessing the same faith and the same God and the same general kind of church body. We make a clear confession of who our God is. And that confession is based on the word. For no man or no woman can define God. But God defines Himself. And as He does so, we see that clearly everything about Him is higher than the heavens are above the earth. And thank goodness, that doesn't just include His greatness and His wonder. But that includes His mercy for sinners like you and me. As He clearly defines Himself in the face of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.